Hey, ladies and gentlemen, photographers and photographettes, um, and whatever your whatever the they is, is there? Do we need to include? Um, I mean, you could try. I, I, this is inclusive of everyone. I just want to say welcome back to the Black Light Podcast. Welcome back to the pod. This is uh, episode six, and we're happy. Is it episode six? It is indeed. Uh, we're happy just that you're still listening, that you're like, hmm, let's listen to these guys randomly talk about other things. But we also have a lot of things planned for you. So uh, not just today, but in the future, we are planning. Uh, can we tell them? Should we tell them? We should tell them. I think it's going to be probably a really fun uh, photographer versus videographer podcast. I think it'd be super, it'll be super exciting. Kind of like a battle royale of photographers yeah. and videographers. The gloves are coming off because everyone talks about it and everyone thinks it, but now we're actually into the ring and we're going to get crazy, get into this fight and uh, we're going to duke it out. We're yeah. going to figure out what is going right, what is going wrong, what can we do better together. Um, Obviously, that's not today, but that will be coming. Yeah. We also have some interviews with some wedding planners, wedding some planners. dress shop owners. Wow. So, yeah, we're going to get all things wedding, but at the same time, we're going to keep talking about other crap that isn't related to weddings Just and other stuff. things, too. And it's just cool because it's coming together. Like, look at, you can hit us up on our Instagram uh, Blacklight Podcast uh, is the handle there. So if you have, so if you want to send us a DM, slide into our DMs at uh, <laughs> Blacklight Podcast. <laughs> is that is that dirty? I don't think that's dirty. I don't think it's necessarily dirty. Yeah, but it's like perceived to be dirty. But anyway, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> slide into our DMs at the Blacklight Podcast, and you can always hit us up uh, at Donia Jaja or Levi T Arena. Um, at the dot coms, the Instagrams, Twitters, or the Twitters. Yeah, um, Levi, you're sort of dressed like a mime right now. Thank you. I think I'm wearing a black and white striped shirt. Striped? striped. Did you say striped? I said striped. Is that is that normal? Did you do that intentionally? Or? It just kind of came out, and I can't take it back now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said something last week that I was like, that was dumb. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not going to point it out because maybe it wasn't done for everyone. But now if I point it out and say that it's dumb, that people will think, oh, yeah, it was dumb. All right. We should talk about something okay, of, of right. weight. Of weight. Um, maybe not of weight. How about uh, what's uh, what's going on with you, man? What's uh, what's new? Like, uh, I just feel like a lot's going on with you right now. Like, we were just talking. I don't know if you want to share about that story that you were just telling me about. Yeah. Um, well, there's been there's been a couple of things. Um, one thing that happened uh, last week actually was we got in another semi car accident. Second car accident in the new car. In the new car, yeah. That's so crazy. So, and the thing is, it's not really an accident. It's kind of actually on purpose. This older white lady, <laughs> and that's important actually. It I is important. It is important. Okay. Um, so. Over the past couple of years, I've lost quite a bit of weight, so sure. I was getting some uh, some jackets and blazers tailored. Oh wow! Yeah, tailored. So wow. I was getting them tailored because I spent a lot of money on this jacket a while ago. We got mm-hmm. it made in Thailand, and when we were out there, and so it's a nice jacket. You got it made in Thailand? Yeah, that's a whole other story. What kind of like a blazer? Like a blazer, a shirt, and pants that were made in seven hours. In seven hours, yeah. like to your specifications, like to my specifications, and you like this, suit. and it, it was great. Yeah. yeah, now it was great, and so, but it obviously doesn't fit anymore. So I want to get it sized down. And oh yeah, sorry, the actual story. So, um, so yeah, we were my wife and daughter and I were all at this tailor. We were, mm-hmm. There's only really one spot out front, 
So Honor was asleep in her car seat in the back. Sure. Heather was up front, and I had just taken my stuff in. I was going to get measured. You're in an actual spot. Actual, like, well, parking it, spot. Yeah, technically. It's a, I, but the thing is, there's no lines. It's just like a car fits here, and cars have fit there in the past. We've seen cars parked there all the time. Okay. So it is a spot, but. Wait, wait, wait. Explain to me. Is there a curb? There is a curb. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry. There's not a curb. There is a sidewalk, though. So there's a sidewalk, and the sidewalk then bleeds directly into the parking spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the parking spot kind of goes up to some steps that go inside the Taylor's place. And it's, it's about 12 feet wide, this whole area. Total. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm inside getting, you know, myself tailored up, and I look out the window, and it's, you know, it's a small mom-and-pop shop out there. And, and I see this car trying to fit into the spot. Or the space, not even a spot, space next to our car. Next to, like, side by side? Like, side or by side. Side behind. by side, yeah. Okay. And so there's probably only, like, five feet-ish left. It's definitely not going to fit. Okay. And so, but she keeps, like, driving in, driving in, and then, like, she starts scraping our car. Scrape? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. And uh, Hillary is, like, has a window open and yells, like, hey, you're hitting our car. And the lady is, like... Move your damn car. Move your car. Like, like, I can't fit here because your car's in the way. She's yelling at you to yes. move your car while she's hitting while you? While she's hitting us. And she's like, I wouldn't hit you if your car wasn't here. <laughs> well, like, that doesn't make any sense. I, well, yeah, it's like, well, it's, it's a, this, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I go out there, and I'm like, uh, lady, you hit our car. You can see it right there. And she goes, oh, that'll just come off. Just take a rag and wipe it off. <laughs> and I was like, seriously? Like, there's our paint is literally on your car. Yeah. And there's a like a scratch there. And so she was like pretty like upset about the fact that we were there. And so she was upset. She was upset. Well, so, did she is she the uh, the owner of the store? Why was I, she so Honestly, man, I have no idea. So I she was upset, I think, because so she had on her license plate was a handicap icon. Okay. So I'm assuming she like wanted the closest spot she can get. Right. This wasn't a handicap spot. Um, so yeah, that was not a problem. We we're in the wrong in the wrong space, and um, I assume she wanted to park there and then like walk inside. Now mm-hmm, the thing is, mm-hmm. like ten feet away on the right hand side of this lot um, is like five or six open spaces. Okay. Now they aren't for this business in particular, but she's literally going in, picking something up, and leaving. She could have pulled into any of these spots, and so she pulls out and she goes, "Move your car so I can get my car in there." Oh, she does want you to move your car she still. Want, yeah, she still wants me to, us to move our car. Like after the, you guys have like, hey, there's a scrape. Yeah. You hit it. Oh, yeah. She's, you guys are out of your cars now. And so she, Hillary's still in the car, but I'm out there talking. And I'm like, hey. And she's still inside of her car. And she's like, well, just move your car over to the right sir, or the left so I can move it get in there. And I was like, lady, you hit our car. I want to like kind of file a report. And then she's like, no, like, don't do that. Like, and then she kept like saying like, no, like, just wipe it off. It's barely anything. Like if, if your car's in my way. Um, so anyways, she I'm said like, that she your cars in my way. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, well, I'm going to call the police because I feel like we should file a report. Sure. And she got even more upset by that. So I, I happened the phone and call the police. Um, anyways, while I'm on the phone, she is yelling at me continuously to move our car. Like, would you move your car? Move your car. Like she was yelling at me to move her car. Like, where why, am I supposed to park? Why does she not? Okay. Is she in the street? What's the? Why is she so adamant about getting into the space? That's what I'm a little confused about. I think that she, in her mind, this is the only space she can park, mm-hmm. and therefore, and the parking is street parking, but that's metered, and there's not anything available like really close. Yeah, but the, this situation doesn't supersede her need to park. Like she's just like it doesn't matter whatever's going on, I still need to park here. Like yeah. is her car in 
in traffic right now? No, no, no. There's okay. like literally no reason. There's nothing urgent at all except okay. the fact that she wants to be parked. Okay. And she wants to be parked in a spot that we are parked in. That's it. And so you're on the phone with the police. So I'm on the phone with the police. And while I'm on the phone, she's yelling at us to like, hey, move mm. your car, move your car. And she like keeps like asking, move your car. And I, I just shake my head at her because like I'm on the phone. And I'm like, also, I'm not going to like move the car that you hit just so you can like go in and get your stuff. So she just like, like, well, fine, I'm going to park here. She just like literally just stops her car, gets out, goes inside and gets her her like clothing yeah, and comes back in. And right when she's coming out, um, actually the f- a fire truck shows up, which is way overkill. Sorry, firemen. But like, <laughs> this is definitely not nice. With sirens blaring and everything like, going like, like, like the sirens, the sirens are on. I'm like, okay, this seems a little excessive. <laughs> then they're like, you know, they come up and they, they ask me like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I wasn't in the vehicle. Um, and then they like, I guess on the phone, you probably said that your baby was in the vehicle. So this is a little stressful situation. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, our baby's in the vehicle. And again, our car was was parked. We weren't even moving. So it's not like, I'm not trying to like, you know, make it into something that's not like, hey, you know, and so they talked to Hillary, did did you lose consciousness? Did your baby lose consciousness? Like our baby's been asleep the whole time. So yes or no, it's hard to say. Anyways. And then they asked the old lady, are you okay? And so we're talking on the phone or I'm talking to this guy now and, um, in, in person, in not person, the yeah, the, the, okay, the, yeah. the, yeah, the uh, fireman. Um, and so the lady comes out and he's like, "Hey, it seems like you hit his car." And she's like, "Yeah, but like it's nothing. You can just wipe it off. Like he's just making a big deal out of nothing." And so, he, and so then he, then the, then the, she turns to me and she. This is the first time she asks this. She says, "Where are you from?" And I was like, so taken aback by the question. It's like, what do you mean? Like, what does that even like? Are you asking me like what my heritage? Is? I didn't. I yeah. was thinking these things like my heritage yeah. or what. Yeah. It's like so. I just probably like, does does it matter? And the fireman was standing right there, and he was Asian, and he was like kind of shaking his head, no, like no. And he's like, no. It, he told the hitter like, no, it doesn't matter. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, and so the fireman guys, he told me he's like, hey, I can't do anything about this because it's private property, so you have to settle it between insurance stuff. I can't like file a claim, file a report because it's all private. Oh, really? You yeah. can't do that if it's private. I guess I think it's because the damage wasn't big enough to be a certain thing. We couldn't. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Or it was small enough, like neck or whatever. So I'm like, that's fine. So he tells the lady like, hey, you need to give your insurance to this guy, and she goes, I can't talk to him. He's a jerk. To you? Yeah. Oh wow. And I was like. And then the fireman goes, well, you have to, because if you don't, it's considered leaving the scene of an accident. So then, like, she goes and gives me all this insurance stuff. Um, and, well, I, I give her my insurance. She rips it out of my hand. She kind of looks at me with, like, this disgust in her voice, and she's like, you with your tattoos. And I was like, <laughs> what am I going to do with anything? Like, you hit me? She said you, that. Yes, she said you that. You with your tattoos. Like, so, like, just, like, and your piercings. Yeah, exactly. And your, just, like, so, so, funny. so, like, I'm like, and I'm just, like, I'm laughing to myself. But, like, you are a legitimately crazy lady. Um, so then, like, I give her my insurance. She rips it out of my hand. She's like, where's your name on this? I'm like, my name is right here. It's in the bottom left corner. And she, like, kind of looks at me, like with whatever look in her eyes, like, just, like, anger. She was just, like, she kept calling me, again, she called me a jackass, like, 15 to 20 times. Wow. Like, just again and again for whatever, for not moving my car. Hmm. And so then um, she, like, gives my insurance back, and she takes a photo of it, and I say, okay, like, can I see your insurance? And she, like, goes digging through her stuff, and, like, she can't find her insurance card. Sure. She finds, like, re- re- like, expired cards. Right. And so I end up taking a couple photos of a couple different cards, Turns out she's a 2018 Tesla. Like she had a Tesla, but I realized it was 2018. And her insurance period is only for like three months at a time. Oh, really? And I'm is that it's for because all Teslas like that? I don't or? think so. I think it's because of her age. I I'm just speculating. Oh, but wow. I think it's because she's old enough that like they won't insure her for a full year. Wow. Um, so then at that point, I asked her, like, and, you know, and then she's like looking through insurance and she asked me again, like, where are you from? 
And I was like, she says it yeah, again. she kept asking again. I'm like, what does it matter? And I said, does that matter? And she goes, yes, it does. And I was like, then I was like, that's kind of taking it back. And I asked her, like, I was like, what do you like? Do you not like brown people? Like, do you hate brown people? And I just said that that's mm-hmm. exactly what I said to her. And she goes, no, I have plenty of them working for me. And I was just like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, lady, you're. <laughs> and so I, we finished the insurance stuff, and I was like, I just said her to her plainly. I said, you are truly a mean person. And she goes, no, I'm not. You're just a jackass. So I'm like, are we done here? I was like, yeah, we're done. And then she just drove off. And oh. that was like like a slap in the face. Like, holy crap, there's so many things that happen in this situation. Yeah, there's a lot to there's sort of. There's like a lot to kind of unpack. Right. Now, I, I post about this on my Instagram stories. A lot of people comment. And actually, I had probably like, probably at this point, over 100 people message me call me, text me, et cetera, and be like, hey, man, this is totally uncool, uh, which is super nice and made me realize that, you know, like, there is this whole generation of, like, older, wealthier, honestly, white people mm-hmm. that um, don't particularly love, like, our generation, especially, like, those of us that aren't white and mm-hmm. um, or don't love, like, whatever we bring to the table or immigration or whatever they think we, that we represent, which, I mean, I was born in this country, so... Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like it brought a lot of things to the surface, but the responses I got from friends really made me think that there's a lot of positivity and a lot mm-hmm. of new things coming that I think will upend a lot of the inherent racial tensions and racism and its embedded entitlement that I think um, a particular like like swath of the older generation has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this was in Cherry Creek in Denver, which is like a predominantly really wealthy white neighborhood, um, and so. It's like when I tell people this story and say it was in Cherry Creek, people are like, oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. So that was, you know, that's kind of like this generation or this area that we're dealing with, I guess. And I don't know what it's going to take to undo that, but it was definitely a, a an experience. And what it really got me thinking about, though, is our daughter. Um, so our daughter, our daughter is biracial. She's she's black and Mexican and um and she's, you know, she, we actually, she's adopted, but we actually look a lot alike. We have very similar skin tone. We both have dark curly hair. And so it, I kind of makes you just wonder like what people will say to her in the future and kind of mm-hmm. thinking like, man, I really don't want you to have to deal with this stuff that we're, and I know this, this isn't like a huge thing, but these are microaggressions that a lot of people of color face on, on daily occurrences. And just think about her like, man, like I don't want you to have to deal with this stuff. Like this lady's a jerk and it that, sucks. Yeah, yeah. That's where it hurts the most yeah. is thinking about, you know, our children. It's like, so, so we can sort of, or people like, I feel like I can deal with it. I've, I've grown up in it and I get it, but I don't want my son to deal with it. Yeah. I don't want, I don't have a son, um, but yeah, my future, future son yeah. or my future daughter, I don't want them to deal with, you know, sort of any sort of inherent racism or anything like that. Um, uh, I think I, I do want to say a few things just in response and because uh, I know that this is a, this is not a great place for you to be like to have felt the, this end sure, of yeah. that stick. Um, and so at this, at the same time, uh, thinking about that and thinking about how sort of, uh, how fresh that wound is, um, I will say that and I'm going to like sort of drag you a little bit, not really drag you, but drag I mean, bro. so we talked about, uh, we talked about some stuff last week or was it two weeks ago? And I was, I was drug a little bit about, um, what we taught when we were talking about entitlement and uh, let's say the the situations where the the white person opened the door yeah yeah or at knocked the sushi on the place. door the yeah, sushi yeah. place that yeah. I was going to oh, and he knocked on the yeah. door and it's like oh wow that person seems really entitled 
but what what I what someone listened to the pod and they came at me. They were like, "Listen, this is a white person." They're like, "Listen, I'm white, and I don't. I think that the people that you're talking about are just rude people. They're not. It's not inherent for white, you know, sure. for the white person." And so, uh, and I was like, "Well, yeah," but what I was saying was that like, uh, you know, racism kind of lets this sort of uh, idea grow and 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 it fosters it or like our time has kind of let white people they has allowed them to feel entitled and it has allowed me to uh feel like i can't knock on the door and and she was like yeah that's true but it was but it was but in this case what you're describing is literally just a rude person and i was like hmm and so i have to i'm gonna i'm dragging you a little bit yeah because you started off with like, oh, this person is. Hey, listen, I'm black, but I also want to make sure I'm looking at this from all sides, fairly, yeah, totally, all the time, you know. And so I understand that racism is it's a it's a sort of a gaslit is, issue right now. Like it's it's big, but how important is it in this story that the lady was white? You know what I mean? And and, and I feel like I'm I'm literally coming after you, but but I want to like sort of like no, talk I about it and really know like okay, is this a rude lady? Which I think she was. Yeah, I think well, and I think she was racist. But do we give them the same sort of leeway like how important was it that the racist was white yeah or how you know what i mean like totally yeah yeah so well i think there's well i think we'll let's pack this up a little bit and a couple of directions sure um i think at the end of the story it's apparent like she said things like where are you from and those are sure. instigating comments so i yeah. think those things will be like yeah i think she's, she's definitely racist sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so, but then coming back to the actual question is like well how important is it that she's white uh, I think it depends on how you define racism in general. So okay. if you look at, I think there's two different things. I think there's racism and there's prejudice. Okay. I feel like racism is more of a systematic oppression of people or minority groups of color that is embedded because of the power behind the racism. So what that means is I think that racism is a complex, in my personal opinion, built on by those of power, which in our country would be those who are white, um, that therefore means that racism um, that if you are black or Hispanic or Asian or have any kind of ethnic minority, that you can't be racist because you don't maintain the power to oppress other people. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be prejudiced. You can be a terrible person and be, you know, black, white, Mexican, Hispanic, whatever it is. Like, prejudice mm-hmm. is the actual thing that is dangerous and violent, um, regardless of who you are. But that racism is the systematic order in which that comes about. Those so are, racism has only is only uh, is only apparent when there's some sort of governmental structure or that, you know because I think I'm actually this is that's a different way that I've always looked at it. Sure. I've always thought, yeah, um, you know, a black person can be racist or or prejudiced or yeah, you know, they, and, can, they can like hate someone that doesn't look like them just as much as a white person can hate someone that doesn't look like them. Yeah, yeah. It obviously doesn't play out in, in society the same way. But it's interesting that when you think of it, you think of it as like this person is racist because, you know, so it's particular to the person that's in power in, in government or just in society. I think it's in power in that situation in particular, especially. I think oh, okay. looking at it as a whole, I would say it'd probably be more of a government based where mm-hmm. that's the person that's in power that way um, or holds that dynamic. 
Um, and I know that that is a very maybe postmodern way to look at racism. Sure. Um, but I think it's really important to separate the fact that racism, in my mind, I think really exists because of the misappropriation of power. Like we look back at you know the 1830s, 1820s, and even back in the 1700s in the U.S. Uh, when there was you know the transatlantic slave route, where there's slaves being brought over, that w- was created by people that had power. And even in Africa, when there were people that were selling rival tribes, there was, I think, an inherent sense of racism or prejudice against some of their own people or other tribes where they were enslaving other groups. Um, I don't think you have to necessarily be white to be a racist. It depends on your construct of your culture. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't that, in that sense, it wouldn't be racism. It would be just prejudice. Or just prejudice, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, there, racism has, or, or this idea of a caste system or has existed everywhere. Right. It, you know, it, maybe it's not always the color of your skin, but this prejudice sort of system has, has existed in Africa. It's existed in India. Oh, it yeah. still it's, does as far as, absolutely. you know. And, but in Africa, maybe it's not necessarily, it's more uh, your tribe. Right. You know, and your, you know, who, and me, and we are over the other or whatever. And so, which is an interesting thing because I think when we think of battling this or we think of overcoming it, where do we, where do we begin? Because I think if we only look at it as a racist problem from white to brown or black, then I don't, then I don't have to also look at myself as part of the issue. And, and I am. You know, and in a weird way. Did we talk about this on the pod? Like, I was like, I saw, this is a, not a great example, but I saw like a, and this is just speaks to my own personal prejudice. I saw like a, a little black guy, he, or black kid, he was in on his bicycle, and he was kind of riding in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. you know. And in my mind, I was like, why is it? And he looked like, he looked like he didn't dress up for the day. He was right. kind of wearing sure. like an, an A shirt or a singlet, if you will, if you're from... Uh, Europe, um, and he was kind of just riding around in the middle of the road, and I had to drive slower in order to, you know, to like let him do whatever he was doing. And my mind was like, "What's this kid doing in the middle of the street?" Like it wasn't a positive thought. And then, like literally two blocks later, there was like a white couple, and they were biking their dog, yeah, and they were in the middle of the road. Same thing, but in my mind, I was like, "Oh, look at them walking their dog," you know, and I was like. And then I caught myself, and I was like, dang, A.D., you have inherent prejudices as well yeah. that I have to, like, come and, and face. And I think I think we all have that. A hundred percent. And I'm not yeah. taking away from your story. I don't even I, – I just – I've been thinking of it since, uh, since my friend kind of drugged me in this situation. She was just like, yeah, A.D., you – you know, it's not like that – that guy who knocked on the door, he's rude. What if I had come and knocked on the door – and, or and seeing that the the door was closed, I wouldn't have knocked. I I'm not a rude person, and so it's not the fact that he's white. He's just you're just not rude talking yeah. to me. She was like, you're just a nice person, right? And I was like, okay, okay, but I still I still think that the world like I'm not throwing out racism altogether. I just want to make sure that it isn't too much of uh, it's it, of a propellant that we throw it on situations and we see it easier than we should. And it's able to throw things, you know, to, to burn things. But at the same time, um, I, I kind of wonder if I can tell this story. But I, I think I'll, I'll just try to remain uh, sort of, I'll try to keep all the names out. And you can help. We can might have to edit it. But a friend of ours, I think you actually might know the story. 
uh, she was walking in Cherry Creek or Cherry mm-hmm. Hills or, you know, she was going to a jewelry store. Oh, you yeah. know the story, mm-hmm. yeah. right? You think it's okay to say it? Yeah. I think it's probably okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, she was walking into a jewelry store, and while she was walking, she uh, saw two black guys in front of the store, and she's white, and she told me very, like, she, she was telling me a story afterwards, and it's a horrible story, but she yeah. said that she had the thought. She was like, oh, those people are black, and she had the thought to steer away from them, to, like, go across the street because she thought something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But since it, she tried to catch her racism and say, oh, no, I'm not racist. Since I'm seeing these people and I have this thought to go across the street, that's a racist thought. Something, I need to not be racist. And, and she kind of powered through it and was kind of trying to live sort of a live her truth in a way or live the, the new truth. Yeah. And so she went towards them and just was just going to go about her business. But they caught her. They grabbed her at gunpoint and like, this is crazy. And they went and they stood up the jewelry store yeah. with her, which is a horrible story, you know? And so her, on, on her side, her takeaway can be a few different things, you know, like, wow, I tried to lean into this new age idea of not being racist, but it or not being prejudiced, but it actually backfired and yeah. she should have trusted her gut. But I tried to say here, tell her your gut wasn't seeing racism. Your gut wasn't being racist. Your gut wasn't being prejudiced. There are so many other external factors besides race mm-hmm. that led you to believe to look the other way. Right. Or, you know, like those people, they, you probably could tell that they weren't healthy or they were out to, there. Something was wrong. If it, if it was me standing there, you wouldn't, or someone, you know, who I just don't, I'm not going to, I think they looked askew. A they little looked, rougher, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they skew, looked like look, something, yeah. like rougher they were going to do word, something wrong. Is a great word to say, I think yeah. she understood the intent, yeah. intent, but then she canceled it because she also noticed that they were black. And so I was like, listen, I hear you, but the thing that I hope that people take away in this, in any conversation, any racist conversation, is that every race contains multitudes every race the white race the brown race the you know every the black mm-hmm. race everyone contains nerds everyone contains photographers everyone contains you know people who have the propensity for evil you know i mean we all do but you know what yeah. i mean like people who have the uh, you know or who will do evil people who will do school shootings and people who will jump in front of a gun for someone. Yeah. Every race has those, those, those people. And so if that's not our truth, if that everyone can be rude, then where, when, or where do we, when can we, where do we stand? Like, where do we say, okay, this is the ultimate truth that I think we can get to. Cause if we're always kind of like, well, white people are racist and they need to like figure out their racism, then then I think we're just in line for a different issue. And it's not fair to... And this is... I, I, I'm going to get drunk for this, too, by my <laughs> black friends. But I almost think, man, like, we're saying to... We're saying to the black person, take care of yourself, and you have to be careful. And, and But if we don't say, say... Or if we don't visualize what the white person is also seeing. Like, I think this is why, not why Trump is the president, but like, 
even though, oh, man, I haven't actually, I didn't think I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh, no. Oh, man, people, the truth bombs in left and right. <laughs> no, but it's the just kind of like. real talk with yeah, ID. Yeah, it's even though that, even though the white person can be liberal and can kind of be open I st- and, and has had this sort of past of oppression or oppressing people, I still think that they have to take care of their own in a way. Like, I wouldn't, I can't be so naive to say, oh, they're going to be so, you know, like. Yeah, I think kind of what, what, you're, what you're, yeah, but I think what you're yeah. getting at is that everyone feels the need to look out for people that are part, that are like them, their kin. Right. Everyone feels that need, whether right. you're black, white, Mexican, whatever. Those things are, that's irrelevant. Right. Now, and I think you're right. I think the question comes down to that, even with that redefinition that I just put out there of, of racism is that if you do have a sense of power, there's also a responsibility to be leveraged with that, that looking out for your own can also inflict serious damage and harm on other people if it's mm. misappropriated. Of course. And that's, I, yeah. think that's, I, I think you're right. Everyone's looking out for their own people. They're looking out. And um, I, I think that just that's just human. Like it's normal to look out for people that look like us. And, I, and honestly, I hope, I think the, the, the best future, the best outcome of these conversations is that what we consider our own starts being everyone yeah. or starts being like, hey, there are less things that actually separate us. Like I'm, pro- I might be more like, you know, this white guy over here, and you might be more like this if you, this black guy or right. whatever. If you just kind of like let that go, if right. racism gets in the way of you seeing that, wow, we shop at the same places, and we, you know, we want the same things for our family, and we want right. the same, we want to eat the same food. Everyone loves tacos. Everyone, Everyone loves, loves tacos. Tacos, <laughs> tacos official yeah. sponsor of the Black Light Podcast. Yeah, all tacos <laughs> sponsor the Black Light Podcast. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think the, kind of what we're, you're getting at essentially is that we need to stop looking to our skin colors to define our kin, hmm. and instead of looking to people like, hey, what do we? Let's find people among us that like things that we like, that share the same interests, regardless of what they look like, and let's share more of our, our wealth of family, so to speak, mm-hmm. with just people that are like-minded and have the same vision for the world versus just being like, well, you look like me, so I guess we're on the same team. Right. Um, which doesn't, like, that's not a great way to pick a team, you know? Yeah. It, this happened to me the other day. I don't even know if this is relevant, but it's a weird story, <laughs> so I'm going to tell it. Um a lot of stuff has happened to me lately. Actually, <laughs> I was actually at home in Georgia, and I don't think I told you this. Story. No, I didn't know you went home to Georgia. Yeah, well, this is is like a month. Oh, ago, okay. Yeah, you know, or a couple months ago, but the other day, whatever. Yeah. It's a not yeah. today. It's not yesterday. It's another. It's another <laughs> day. <laughs> it works semantically. Okay. Um, so yeah, the other day I was in front of my house. It was late. And this is home. in Savannah. This is in Savannah, Georgia. I was on the phone. And uh, I was just talking to a friend, and I, I, had, I was walking my dog, and our neighbor, um, the, he has this really old, really cool-looking car. Like, it's, you know, like a, I don't know, 1940s or something, but at least it's a really neat-looking car, right? He drives it almost every day, and I see the neighbor get in the car drive away. So that night, I'm walking, and I cross the, like, I, we kind of live next to, like, a big park, um, mm-hmm. And so I was walking to the park to walk my dog. And while I'm walking, I see three black guys. One was across the street looking back at the house, at the car. One was kneeling down next to the car. And then the other one was sort of like on the the porch or something, almost looking into the house to see if someone, I I assumed to see if someone was coming. Mm -hmm. So I take in the scene 
And I'm like, okay, this is not right. You know, I know that this is not their car. You know, it looks like these guys are lookouts and they're about to rob. They're trying to get into the car. So I call the police, right? I, I say, hey, police. Um, yeah, there's three black guys and it looks like they're about to uh, steal a car. Because as soon as I saw the guy, or as soon as I kind of walked past and saw the guy that was kneeling next to the car, he stood up and like looked like he was on his phone or something for a quick second. Sure, I was yeah. like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, Right. And it's, and so I, uh, I, I was talking to my friend and I explained to her what the situation was. And she was like, yeah, you should probably call the police. You know, like they can just drive past. So I called the police and I'm like, Hey police. Um, I explained the situation, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, describe the people. I was like, uh, the three young black guys and they're wearing hoodies, you know, stereotypical, you know? And then I laughed I was like, ha ha. And she's the lady, she's like, what's so funny? And I was like, well, I just gave you their descriptions and they're on the corner uh, that I'm also on. And I'm also black and wearing a hoodie. (laughs) (laughs) So I literally just gave you my description. (laughs) Uh, What do I, you know, it was really, it was kind of this oddly eye-opening, like, moment where I was like, wow, like, you know, like, obviously, there are probably more ways to describe them versus describing me. But I I think that that, that idea of racism, I, you know, I think it, for me, not that I was showing inherent racism. I think they were sure, about yeah. to rob that, a person. It like you were just making a judgment call. Right, right. But the fact that I had no other descriptors or I was kind of like, they're black with hoodies on, you know, like, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm black and I'm wearing a hoodie, <laughs> you know, like, and... But what I thought was, I can distinguish the two. Like yeah. I can say, like, hey, this person looks like he's up to no good. Right. And I know that I'm up to good. Right. But, but who can, can't? Exactly. Who else? Who can't tell the difference between you and them? The police officer who was coming right. would just be like, you're black with a hoodie. And not that, mm-hmm. listen, I feel like there's so much more to unpack here than, I, than I've actually let my, myself sort of delve into and actually search. But... But that was my fear, was that, oh, no, I just called to get myself arrested. Right. You know? <laughs> and how, what? There's, <laughs> please roll out, throw your handcuffs and just roll out. Yeah, I'm like, listen, I'm still on the phone. It's me. <laughs> let the guy let the guy go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and so I ended up just, like, scurrying away. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to get out of here. You know, and... Which is like a weird situation. But, you know, that's, you know, like, but I think that's such like this weird zeitgeist of our culture right now mm-hmm. where it's like, you're like, shoot, I'm not really sure if I'm safe here because I look exactly like the people I call the police on and they can't tell the difference between us. They because, can't tell. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly and what's that's going the on in like, the culture. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, yeah, I guess I'm not safe here. And that just begs the question too. It's like, you know, you could tell the difference. And I think for a lot of people, like how many people have you, friends who've been like, I don't know, they're Asian. Like they can't tell anyone who's Asian apart. Like, like they don't know if they're Korean or Japanese or Chinese. Sure. Like, I think people are that with a lot of races that they are not. So it's like, I don't know, some black guy wearing a hoodie. It's like, they don't know, like, you know, they, there's no right. way to differentiate for other and people. Honestly, I, I say I can tell the difference. I, I shouldn't be able to tell the difference mm-hmm. just by saying there's three, you know, like no matter how the person's dressed, he could still be fine you know absolutely like, yeah. and that's something that i have to get over like oh that guy he might be dressed sort of you know 
in a gangster way. The only reason I knew something was wrong is because of how they were acting. Yeah. You and know? the fact that you knew that through neighbor's house and the car and all that. Right. And that. I yeah. know what's going yeah. on. That's my neighbor's house. And so I was just like, no, wait. You know? And I, I, I had someone, a, you know, a white girl say to me, she was like, uh, my sister said that uh, she can't tell black people apart. Or, or black people, you know, like she looks at black people and she can't tell them apart. Uh, and I... And she, she said the reason was because of, uh, since they're dark-skinned, you can't see... I can't remember the exact reason. I'm trying to put it together in my head. But something about since they have so much melanin, you can't differentiate like shapes and stuff like that. And so your mind <laughs> can't see the difference. And I was like... Oh, so you don't think that black people think all white people look the same? <laughs> you literally just have this sort of ethnocentric view that you think that all people, you know, like this is how I see it. And I'm going to sort of construct the reality right. in which yeah. it, my truth makes sense and I can live with it. And so she constructed this thought that like black people, they look the same to black people too. And right. I was like... No, 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 no. <laughs> black people can tell black people apart. Asian people can tell Asian people apart. You know, like, it's just that we're, that's not part of the culture that we're in. You're right. not around that more. And so I think there's so, I mean, we're talking about photography and, and, and I think even movies. I think there's something that I sort of struggle with, or I shouldn't say I struggle with, I see it in sort of the larger scheme where let's say a black movie comes out and you, you know what I mean when I say a black movie yeah. and in my mind, I'm like, no, there's no, there aren't any black movies, yeah. but then I get it. Like I remember someone saying I was in line and at a movie theater and this guy was like, uh, Hey, he was talking to his girlfriend and the girlfriend was like, Hey, do you want to watch X, Y, and Z like this movie? And the boy was like, Oh, that's a black movie. And like, like he could not watch it. He was like, no, that's a black movie. And then I remember asking a white friend, I was like, Hey man, uh, do you know any like black superstars, like stars? And he was like, yeah, you mean like, uh, Morgan Freeman? I was like, yeah, but do you know any more? <laughs> yeah. Name one more black star. Yeah. And he's like, Denzel Washington. I was like, Oh, okay. How many more? He's like, do you know any other ones? He's like, no, and he didn't know anymore. And I thought, I was like, oh, I've been looking at this lens thinking everyone thinks the playing field is equal and right. fine, but that's not true. And that's a place, in w like this movie that's out right now, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Have I, you seen the previous I one? haven't seen the previous for it, but yeah, I've been hearing yeah. you talk about it. Um, and so I, at first I was like, oh, maybe I won't watch that movie. Maybe it's for Asian people. But then I, my buddy was like, hey, you want to go watch it? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yes, I want to go watch it. Why wouldn't I? Right. Like, it's not just for Asian people. Yeah. It's not just for... But it's, so it's just funny that you mentioned this, too, just because my wife and I saw Fences. Uh, not Fences, but uh, well, Denzel Washington, maybe. Equalizer? No, no, no. It's fences a, was with Denzel yeah, yeah, Washington. Yeah, we watched Fences. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks like an awesome movie about, like, this drama about this guy and his family and his story. And we watched the film, and we, like, started looking around, and we're like... <laughs> We're the only people in here who aren't black, like because oh, really? like yeah, like you know people, everyone because I think it's a story of you know it's a coming of age story, so to speak, of this kid and mm -hmm. we know with his his father and trying to like you know, but it's you know it's a great film. It's actually adapted from from a play, which I didn't realize until after it was done. But I realized like a lot of people feel like they probably can't learn something from this quote or relate to it because well, they can't relate to yeah, it. Yeah, like, I can't relate to that because I'm not black. Man, I, I actually it, I really wish. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I wish we had like the alternate perspective right here. I wish a white person was like, well, this is what I think. You know, just not right. because, just because of, I want to hear all perspectives. Totally. But well, I mean, I, okay, so 
part of my story is that I didn't really know I was Mexican until I was like 20 years old. Right. right. I thought I was raised thinking I was white because of a lot of things. And that's another episode. But I remember as a kid even thinking like things like BET, like what's BET for? Like why Mm -hmm. do black people need their own television channel? Yeah, right. And then just like, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I I get it. Like I realized as a kid, the things I, because I was, you know, socialized into this certain mentality of like that's other and you have the separation and division. Right. So. No, uh, what's this movie, um, A Wrinkle in Time? Uh, did you watch the I didn't new watch remake? it. It looked like insane and visually like a migraine, so I chose not yeah. to watch it. I actually didn't watch it, but I, you read the book probably when you were a kid. I actually didn't. Oh, no. you didn't? No. Oh, it's because you're uh, homeschooled. homeschooled. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but my uh, pencil projector away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so about Wrinkle in Time is like a very popular uh, book for public school. I sure everyone probably read it that was in public school. I would assume. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, and I was talking, I actually haven't seen the movie. I would like to, I just, you know, I just didn't, haven't seen it, whatever. And I was talking to a friend and she was like, A Wrinkle in Time, she's like, she didn't like it. And I was like, oh, what, why didn't you like it? And her response to me, a black guy, she's like, well, I didn't know it was going to be a black story. And because apparently they had changed the characters to be African-American, you know? And I was like, hmm. What does that mean? You know, and so normally I don't bite. I'm just like, okay, whatever. But this in this moment, I was like, what? What does that mean to be a black story? Like, yeah. what was what part of the story was made made it made them uh, made it a black story? Yeah. Like, what about the color of their skin lent itself to the story? And she was like. Well, you know, they were black. And I was like, yeah, but what what about the story? She's like, well, the people in the book weren't black. And I was like, well, how do you know that? Like, did it say, like, does it say particular, like, hey, these guys are white. And since they're white, they have this sort of narrative. Like, maybe that wasn't a really important part of the book, you know, that the color of their skin. So therefore, maybe it's okay that they change it to uh, change the color of the skin because that's not a big deal. We're all very similar. And maybe that's what they're trying to get across. Right. But she didn't see it that way. She was just like, no, they made the issues in which they were going through something that she couldn't relate to, a black story. And I was like, so when I read it, and I, listen, I do the same thing, and that's, a, that's why I have to take a pill here. Like, yeah. when she read it, she was like, uh, she was like, oh, like, dang. Or when she saw them as white. Yeah. You know, and she saw them a certain way, oh. and which it needs to change. But what's funny, because this is how I do the same thing. You were telling a story earlier, and I literally have to take the pill. I have to learn. You said you were talking about the fireman who yeah. came, and then you said the fireman was Asian. Yes. And I was like, oh. In my mind, I had to like totally switch the way, because I had pictured the fireman, and it was this buff white guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, the fireman's Asian. And I was like, the fireman's Asian? <laughs> like In my mind, I was like, whoa. Plot twist. <laughs> This is an Asian story. <laughs> I can't relate to the story anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Turn it off. What kind of fireman's Asian? Uh, which, is, yeah. well, which is crazy. Question but, for you. Yeah, exactly. yeah. When you read a book like A Wrinkle Time as a kid, do you imagine the characters in the book to be black? Or do you imagine them to just be like white people in the story? Think, I know. I think uh, you imagine them as popular culture. I mm-hmm. think you imagine G- Jesus you know, in the Bible is white. As opposed to being freaking Middle Eastern, yeah. because that's where he was yeah. born. Yeah. But you you do imagine them as like, you know, uh, it's kind of what you're told to imagine them. Yeah, as. you don't even. Yeah. I don't think that anyone actually says it. That's just how it sort of happens. It's right. an inherent. Like, 
oh yeah, he, you know, I think every once in a while I'd be like, okay, this guy's black or this guy, you know, like it's not every time, you know, because my, my heroes are all black or white. There's mm-hmm. not like, I don't have a thing where they're all white or they're all black, you know, um, and I didn't have sort of, I grew up sort of removed from the narrative that you, that might be in most uh, African-American households. That's why I, you'll you hear me saying both African-American and black because I grew up Nigerian. I don't have the same like sort of uh, racial prejudices, you yeah. know, embedded into my yeah. growth. Absolutely. You know, my heroes can be white or black and that's okay. You know, like I, as far as my upbringing, I can kind of see now where there's a little bit more to society and where I live and how it's important to sort of control that narrative. But growing up, my parents, they just moved here for opportunity. They didn't right. move here, you know, they didn't, you know, their great grandfathers didn't have the same oppressive or oppression. You know what I mean? And so this is a, an, another topic. Yeah, it's but a whole other layer to it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like I have, like, I didn't know the N word until I was like in like fourth or fifth grade. I it just never, I had never thought about it and no one ever said it to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, I, I was telling this story earlier. I said it on accident <laughs> while I was reading a name of a country on the map. And I just was like, oh, that is called Niger. But I didn't, that's not how I pronounced it. <laughs> and my white friends were like, what? What's it called? And I was like, Niger. And they're like, what? And they started laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? That's, that's, it's kind of a crazy story. Yeah, but it is crazy. Yeah, but that's, that's, especially for being a young black boy and being especially raised in the South too at that yeah, time. Well, I, and I was in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. But I was like one of two people in a white school right. and uh, one of two black people yeah. in my class. And yeah. Man, we're talking about oh, some stuff. All right, this man. is some stuff. This is the Black Light Podcast. Now, we are redefining, probably for a lot of you, things or thoughts like racism being a system of power. Get at us with your thoughts and questions. We want to hear what you think. You can agree. You can disagree. Let us know what you think. I know we're covering a lot of stuff. We're going to take a break. Um, yeah. but get, at, get at us with your thoughts. Yeah, and we'll get back up. with hit some more up. photography tidbits or life. And we're back. We're back. Welcome back to the Black Light Podcast. Oh my gosh, it's so heavy, man. We've been talking about some stuff. Like it's like I mean it's not crazy heavy, but it's like I didn't mean I to I mean if you're editing your photos right now, you're probably like pausing like, holy crap, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, but I, I you know, I, I think it's important. I think it's it's good and I think it's I don't know. It's it's good. But I, I really want people to get at us because I think we talked about some odd issues or some weird issues that maybe you haven't thought about. And so what do you think about it? Should we keep talking about it? Was it insightful? Just tell me something. Yeah. On, uh, hit us up on that Black Light podcast uh, Instagram page or something so we know what's up. You know we just want to know what's up. Because um, we also want to talk about photography. <laughs> 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 what's, the name of, what's the name? of oh, It doesn't say photography in the name of this podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. I mean, yeah. I mean, the yeah. thing is we're both photographers, but we're also a lot more than that, too. And I think we're dynamic people. And just trying to keep those things in stride, keep it yeah. So Yeah. No, but this is great, man. This is good. Uh, as you're editing out there or as you're, uh, you know, looking at photos, uh, remember to keep pushing boundaries. Um, talking about boundaries, Levi, where are you headed uh, tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> Iceland. Going to Iceland. Going to Iceland. What, what, what? What? Photographers in Iceland. Is there anything that's going to be different this trip? Uh, than trips of the past. Yeah, so um, 
I'm going to be shooting... Actually, the biggest thing that's going to be different is that I, for the first time ever, have reserved myself a 4x4 vehicle. What? So, because there's these F-Rids in Iceland that you can't access without 4x4. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm going to have a chance to drive along some roads I've never driven before. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you call them F-Rids? What is it's it? just like whatever, the standard the delineation of what it is. Just like an, I'm sure it's something in Icelandic. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to actually be out in the boonies more so than before. And this couple's stoked to just get out there and shoot in these crazy places. And so I'm How'd excited. you meet the couple? Um, how did what? How did you meet the couple? Oh, I met the, I mean, well, I met them on uh, Skype. Oh, okay. But, but okay. They, they found me, you. Yeah, they That's found me online and stuff. And, um, yeah. So we're going to be out in Iceland, which would be awesome. So I'm stoked about that. It's going to be a new way to see the country, a new way to explore it all. Uh, just, yeah, seeing yeah. things that I've never seen and photographing places that I think have never been photographed in the way that I will photograph them. Ooh, um, I like that. I like yeah. that idea. So that's kind of exciting. That's cool. That's cool. Um, right on. And how long are you going to be there? I'll be there for about four or five days. Wow. So it's kind of quick. It's kind of quick, yeah. It's out. nothing super crazy, but I think we're going to just be making stuff and making images. And I'm going to meet up with some friends out there. Um, your boy Bradford's going to be in town. Oh, Bradford? Yeah, I mean, I think he's hanging out with some buddies. So I probably won't have a chance to connect with him, but he's going to be out there. Shout out to Bradford Martins. Bradford Martins. Um, but yeah, hanging out with some other friends out there as well. Um, and I, just trying I, to scout I, I love out. Bradford. I don't really know him that well. Like, I've met him a couple times, but... I mean, you're my boy, Bradford. I'm not saying you're not my boy. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know you like that. I mean, he, I mean, he's cool. He's cool. Oh, man. Now I've totally shot myself oh, in the man. foot. Oh, man. Shot yourself in the foot. His brother, they're doing what? The Brothers yeah, Martins? Yeah, Brothers Martins. So kind Bradford cool and name. Brother Henry just launched this new thing together called Brothers Martins. Yeah. Um, so they do photo and video. Photo and video together. And so they just are killing it out there. They yeah. like, you know, kept their their uh, color grades to be pretty consistent across the board. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just an awesome way to streamline a business, but yeah. an awesome way to do it with people that you care about, too. Yeah, and he's, he's super artistic, and uh, I'm sure he would create some insane images. Everything yeah. I've seen of his, I'm always like, man, that's like super cool. So you can count that as your photographer of the week. Is Bradford Martins our photographer of the, the week? week? Brothers dum, Martins, dum, 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 boom. Dum. So Brothers Martins. Brothers Martins. Of the week. Bros Martins. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So uh, Bradford, he sort of started on this track in Dallas with another photographer who I know a little bit better. And uh, then you could see sort of Bradford's style and uh his his sort of vision coming out at some of those weddings that he shot um with this other guy and it was like oh this guy's remarkable and so he broke away he did he started doing his own stuff i think his colors started changing a little bit and he started refining his own voice and i think he's got some like there's one that i i can i'm holding right now in my head where um it's just sort of it's like a light silhouette of two of a bride and a groom dancing and there's like a there's a sort of a square of light cast down on the ground. Mm, I think and, I know what you know what I'm talking about. about? Yeah. And then yeah. like so the light is also lighting sort of their arms and the, their bodies, but then also this like beautiful square on the ground and he yeah. edited it perfectly. And so little things like that, I'm just like, oh man, he sees moments like no other, but he creates sort of uh I want to say he flattens them in a way that says, this is art. This yeah. is like worth looking at. Um, but then it's also a really amazing moment. There's another one that I love of his. I he probably doesn't have it anywhere. But it was just the picture of like two, like two people's hands 
when they're about to hold hands, like they're separate. Uh, yeah, that's the one I was trying to describe. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get that in your head when I said yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm such such a great yep. um, describer. Descriptor of Des- photos. Descriptor, narrator of the visual arts. Oh, okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so he does that, and it's like, it's amazing. I think he does a really great job. So if you guys don't know uh, Bradford Martins or the Brothers Martins, did he change his Instagram handle? So to his the Instagram handle is still at Bradford Martins, M-A-R-T-E-N-S. And for their one, for their uh, their business together, it's at the Brothers Martins. Again, Martins is M-A-R-T-E-N-S. Um, so yeah. check that out. Yeah. Check them out. And he's still in Dallas, apparently. He's still in Dallas. Gosh, he's doing some wild stuff, just, man. Just the, looking at his, his work, I'm like, he's just and doing sh- the it. The ba- way he balances light and shadow, I think, is just phenomenal. Um, I feel like he's got a super consistent grid in his colors. Everything just feels incredibly consistent. Uh, and just his use of light, I think, is really, really outstanding, considering the fact that I think today a lot of photographers really are afraid of harsh light. Actually, in the past, me and you have had conversations about, like, Harsh light, and I remember telling you, like, "Ooh, I don't like shooting harsh light. It's mm-hmm. difficult." Right. Um, and that's the thing; it is difficult. But over the years, I've really come to enjoy shooting in it more because I know that not everyone can handle it, and I know that I can actually make a better product than a lot of people because I know how to use it now. And so that's what I love about his work is I think it doesn't shy away from um, from hard stuff. There's this groom has been shot. He's gotten there on his website or on his Instagram where all these good dudes in super harsh light. You know, shadows are cast in the front. And, it's, you know, if a lot of people would be really afraid to shoot groomsmen like that, to shoot them all straight up, um, you know, pretty harshly lit, mm-hmm. backlit. Um, but he nailed it, and it's looking good. So Yeah, no, I think we do this. Uh, I, I, I always talk about story of the light or story of the shadows. Like what kind of photographers look for the, the story that the shadows are telling and use that for the content um, that they're looking for. Um, so for example, I look at this tree in the corner of your house, there's not a lot of strong light on it. And so if I take, take that photo, the things behind it will also be exposed. And so for me, that story of the shadows versus if I shot sort of the highlight rim of something and I let that highlight tell the story, that's the story of the light. Right. Bringing that philosophical nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, but I think kind of in those two worlds when I'm shooting, like what's the story of the light? What's the story of the shadows here? What's important? What needs to be told? And looking at Bradford's work, he does that. He does both of those at the same time. Yeah. He's looking for the story of the light and the story of shadows. And he's like sort of like jumping between the two in this like wonderful romantic way. And so, Yeah. Bradford Martins, our photographer, photographer of the week. Of the week. Awesome, everybody! Thank you for joining in with us today on the Blacklight Podcast. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with more thoughts, probably on something a lot more lighter, lighthearted. Hopefully. Yeah, I really, uh, I really want to know whether or not um, a, a hot dog is a sandwich. Ooh, next week on the Blackout Podcast, (laughs) is the hot dog a sandwich? Get at us with your thoughts. We want to hear what you think, and we're going to break it down next week. Maybe maybe we'll actually have a taste test of a hot dog in a a sandwich. While we're on the pod. While we're on the pod, and we can talk about why they are and are not each of those things. Maybe a sandwich isn't even a sandwich. Maybe a sandwich is just a hot dog and a fancy bun. Now you're just getting crazy, Okay, all right. Now you're just getting crazy. Next week on the Blackout Podcast, join us. Uh, We'll see you then. All right, see you guys later.